1: Zero Spotlight episode starts right now We're very excited about this one Thank you so much if you're listening to us If you hear our voices right now That means you're listening to us in podcast form This is when you get the little extra spiel about Spiel, spiel, spiel About our experience creating the Spotlight episode I'm BD, joined today by Jamie Jurack
2: Hello everybody
1: We got Aaron Perine. What's going on people? And our special guest on this episode is Madam Web Director S.J. Clarkson This is a pretty cool one We all went out and saw Madam Web on the Sony lot was that anybody's first time on the Sony lot?
2: It was mm-hmm. my first time, and that lot is really cool. That might be my favorite lot that I've been to. I just wanted to hang out there.
1: It was cool. They have, like, a giant rainbow going across the whole place right outside the theater.
0: They have, like, a Sony picture store. Aaron, what would you think of that? It was pretty wild just walk by and just see, like, a Cobra Kai jacket and, like, the <laughs> Ecto-1 sticking out of a building. That was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it was cool. If you you could, like, like who knows what's being filmed right down a couple, like, studio lot blocks away there's just a bunch of warehouses and studio stuff right there uh we went into some little sneaky private theater and got to see madam webb literally underground uh at, at on the sony lot it was pretty cool uh by now all of our thoughts and all of that is available on social media about madam webb our uh, bonus episode if, By the time you're listening to this It's either available now Or coming soon I'm not sure the order of everything That's going to be released Right while we're recording this thing But this is an S.J. Clarkson interview For the director of Madam Webb, Which is going to have spoilers in it So if you haven't seen Madam Webb, That means maybe check it out first If you care about spoilers uh, We did go into great detail uh, And she talked about some really cool stuff In this interview I really thought it was interesting We talked about the costumes Like, What kind of stuff did you guys enjoy Most about this interview
2: She was just cool She was somebody that I wanted to Like go have uh like a drink (laughs) with she was just a neat (laughs) person and uh and she had some jokes she was making all of us laugh and that was really fun
0: yeah yeah it's always nice to encounter these directors that really really care about the product so much like you could tell she'd really thought through a lot of this movie and making it all feel very real so you guys are really gonna enjoy this one she got a personality on her i like that lady
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It makes you, it makes me personally appreciate the movies more when, when I get to talk to these people and they show like a level of care and thoughtfulness and just genuine appreciation for working in the Marvel world. Cause I mean, we're in here every week, like we care. We, we, we want to know that they care too. And honestly, like some of our previous spotlight guests, like you guys talked to the guardians of the galaxy, VFX team, Tom Hiddleston, Amon Vellani talk about people who care. I mean, come on. Like, it it just makes it that much more fun to talk to them, that much more fun to watch their work. So, uh, Madam Webb is now playing in theaters. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you you know that. You may have seen it. Hopefully, you have because this is full spoilers. I mean, we're talking about spoilers for the end of the movie, not in the ocean spray bottle kind of way, even though it did come up too. <laughs> yes, and honestly, it did. I, was, I felt bad for bringing it up based
2: on her reaction. I was like, oh. But it was funny. Like, you know, it like, was. It, it was. Yeah. Uh, she didn't seem upset by the question, just of the situation. Exactly, exactly.
1: And also, I, I asked um, in the interviews that are on Phase Zero's YouTube channel and on ComicBook.com, I asked Tahar Rahim about when the photos of Ezekiel Sims, like him as Ezekiel Sims in that kind of spider suit, were online. I was like, you know, what? You know, your first reveal is this sniped shot of you on a bridge set. You know, what happens to you on that day? What does that feel like? Is it exciting? Is it disappointing? And he was... He was very candid about how much that sucked. Like he was like, I really wanted to have that moment. I couldn't show my friends and family. Uh, and it's, you know, it's not just Madam Webb that that happened to, that happens to everything. We've seen Deadpool three stuff, daredevil born again, every day you open Twitter, there's a new photo. So, uh, whether it's a Lego set or paparazzi, these things are get out there. But, uh, in any case, we got to talk about a lot of cool stuff with the the people from, from Madam Webb. And this is the tip of the iceberg here. This is, this is most of the iceberg. Actually, this is The phase zero spotlight episode with SJ Clarkson without further ado, Jamie, Aaron, thank you for co-hosting this one with me. This was a fantastic, fun interview. I hope everybody listening enjoys leave a five-star review, share our show, play it for your mom, play it for your dog, and subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Enjoy the interview. See you in a moment.
0: S.J.
1: Clarkson, welcome to the Phase Zero podcast. We've been
3: looking forward to this one. Thank you. Me too. It's so nice to meet you all. Our Hello. pleasure. Thank you
1: for hanging with us.
3: Of course. Oh, let's dive into it.
2: So this exciting. Is, by the way,
1: just for anybody listening, this will have spoilers for Madam Web in it. We will release the non-spoilery stuff before the movie. If you're listening to this in its entirety, that means you've seen Madam Web already and you're listening to us dissect the movie with director S.J. Clarkson.
3: No spoilers here. No spoilers until after the movie. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, hello,
2: I'm Jamie. Uh, and I, I'm curious because this is not your first bout with Marvel. You've directed episodes of Jessica Jones and the Defenders. How did this experience differ for you?
3: Um, Well, you know, it's obviously a big, massive movie, so that's kind of different. But, you know, I must say that I'm so grateful that I got to dip my toe into the Marvel Universe with JJ because, you know, I had a little bit of a foundation there. I had a little bit of familiarity with it. You know, I was able to play around with, you know, this other sassy woman who's a little bit abrasive. So I was able to bring a little bit of that to it, you know. But obviously for me, when I first got the script, I found it so the potential of someone using their mind as a superpower intriguing and something that I hadn't seen before. So that's really what drew me to it.
1: You know, actually, this isn't the next question we have written down. I can't believe we didn't even write this down, but by, with starting in Jessica Jones and Defenders, I do w- will love your thoughts. The fact that a lot of those folks are coming back to Marvel, are you hoping to go direct them ever again?
3: Oh, listen. If I get the call, let me know.
1: That would be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. no, but back to Madam Webb here. Uh, th- this is an interesting group of characters that you chose as the roster because in comics, they do interact sometimes. But it's very rare for them to get an opportunity to have, I mean, this level of, of teamwork together. I'd love to hear about landing on the team of Cassie, Julia, Maddie, and Anya as as the Spider-Woman you used in Madame Web.
3: Well, I think first of all, I got sent a script with with a lot of this in it already. So I have to share the credit with it. You know, I can't just say mm-hmm. it was all me. Uh, <laughs> you know, there was there's a lot of brilliant brains behind pulling this together, not to mention the the wonderful creators of Madam Webb, But I just thought how exciting to take a character on the periphery, right, and make her the center and then find other characters that are sort of characters in their own right, front and center and bring them together as a team and and figure out how that sort of all came together and where that might lead in the future was just a really exciting prospect.
2: It's interesting how the three girls don't fully have their origin stories yet in this movie. We only really see visions of them as the spider women. Is that something you were ever going to explore in this movie? Did you have visions of
3: how that might unfold? Well, I thought it would be a bit greedy, like, you know, to do four origin stories. <laughs> like, you know, that's not really fair, is it? I've got to share <laughs> it. Come on. You know, I mean, first and foremost, it's Mad Web, right? But I hope the exciting thing about it is this is a tease, you know, and I think the origin Story of the of the girls are you know we're given hopefully a, a, a sort of a hint of the spirit of who they are. We've tried to stick to the spirit from the from the comic books and draw from that and find out who they are and get a little bit of their sass and a little bit of their character coming through. But you know that's a lot of story to tell. I think in one, and I think it wouldn't do any of them justice to try and sort of crowbar or cram it all into one movie, right? So I think it's Madame Web's and here's kind of the the development of something else underneath it. But yeah, I thought that was probably a bit too greedy. They'd be like, get out. <laughs> <laughs> You've already done JJ. Now, now Madam and Now all of them know. Give someone else a chance.
0: Well, speaking about like sort of carrying this torch forward, Cassie gets to wear a full Madam Webb suit by the end of the movie. I was wondering about that. I'm like, how is she going to move with no feet? Um, but you did manage to sort of work in elements of that costume too because Dakota was really excited because it's like got like flared pants. Can you guys talk about like the suit? Can we well, talk about just-
3: that? Yeah, she borrowed mine. She went through my wardrobe and she went, this is fabulous. And I said, we can fit in it. Uh, but, you know, we managed to squeeze her in. So, you know, uh, no, that's the genius of Nyla Dixon. Okay, you just get Nyla Dixon. You, of course, did Lord of the Rings. Oscar went in for that. And she's an amazing costume designer. And she so is about character. And she trawled through those comics and sort of drew out the best bits and everything else. But I think because the movie started in the 1970s and, you know, Uh, DJ's jacket, you know, Cassandra's jacket is actually based on a vintage 1973 jacket that we tried on her that we absolutely loved. And then 24 hours before production started, as I do had an 11th hour idea, I went, wouldn't it be great if that was red? And Nyla looked at me in that sort of pained way that she does, but she knew it was a good idea. And so the tailors, God bless them, spent the next 24 hours, like, you know, with glasses and sewing hand by hand this jacket, you know. So it felt like, you know, the costume itself, when she does eventually get to put on, you know, the big, the big mm-hmm. suit, she was like, forget your jumpsuit. I'm going to have my own. And so we then sort of kitted her out on this one that definitely had some sort of nod to the 70s. I love the 70s. You know, I've 70s films have always been my influence. So anytime I can get a pair of flares on, I'm in.
1: I love it. I, mm. I love that you guys use practical costumes. I feel like superhero films in general, or a lot of films, when they can get away from practical stuff, they're, they're starting to just lean into CGI. Can you talk about that decision to have Nilo's incredible work, getting to bring these spider women, these and Ezekiel Sims suit to life instead of choosing to computerize them?
3: I think it's like everything and everything I've tried to do with the film. And, and I I come like, from theatre originally, which is all smoke and mirrors. It's all about sort of creating the illusion on stage. And so even with the clairvoyance itself, most of it was in camera. It's me with a diopter and a flashlight and spicing through it and then editorially... Wow chipping around at it. And I wanted to keep as much of it grounded as possible. You know, we use the word organic a lot, but I think what well, that's sort of representing is a feeling that it's real, that it's grounded, that it's accessible, you know, because sometimes mm. it isn't accessible, but like you could get that costume, which I think is so cool. And, and you know, it often bemuses me where they just sort of pop onto these costumes because it sort of takes it out of the reality for me, mm. you know, so, and and also just as a director to see your cast come out dressed as superheroes. I mean, Thank God I was wearing a mask because I was grinning from ear to ear. I was so I was like so excited beyond belief. I think I might have welled up a bit, but obviously I didn't want people to see that. I'm British. We don't cry. So I was just like, you know, I'm not emotional at all. You look really good. Uh, you look all right. It's all right. You know, like that. But honestly, I was like the Cheshire cat grinning from ear to ear, welling up, going, look, at, look at how amazing this cast look."
1: That's amazing. That's so cool. Our first look at the full Madam Web costume. It came on the that ocean spray bottle, and I, there's always like it's either a Lego set or it's like some. There's oh, with these Marvel movies. There's always a way that these things. There's snipers on set with their long lens fo- fo- photography. What happens, like, you guys, I know everybody goes to extreme lengths to try to protect these looks and these secrets and these images. So, what happens on the day when that gets out in the world? Is that like, oh, cool, people are seeing it? Or is it like, mm, now we got to find our way to reveal this? Like, what happens that day?
3: I don't think I'm allowed to say what I feel on that day. Because I think it will be like, bleep, 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 bleep. You know, because you just you know for the fans you're so excited about making this you know you want the fans mm-hmm. to see it and love it and you know people have then looked up this character and what are they going to do with it how are we going to make it different you know and, and what they're going to look like and you know we walk around they have to wear these grey capes on set and you know that you know covering themselves up and you try and, and and you know and it's secretive because you want it to be such an experience right because otherwise we just go oh look at this look at this you want to kind of allow the audience to really enjoy it as it should be so you know look it's it's always upsetting when that happens but look, like, what's the old adage? No publicity. All publicity is good publicity or something like that. So, so yes, I guess it's great. But, you know, for me, I, I just really want, you know, the audience to see it as it should be in the movie mm-hmm. and for it to come when it comes because it's quite a special moment when it does.
1: Listen, I get it. I feel like I've seen all of Deadpool 3 already in the trailer not even here.
3: So. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. Uh, I want to bring up Ezekiel Sims a bit and uh, talk about how there are a few times uh, referencing his backstory and how he comes from nothing. How thoroughly did you flesh out his past as a villain? And did the film cut any of that out?
3: Look, I think I think again a little bit like what we talked about with the with the with the spiders earlier. You know, you want to give as much time as you can, but also I want the movie to be streamlined and feel like it's agile and keep propelling you forward. There's a propulsion to it that I really wanted. And I felt that you know, Tahara and I talked about it quite a lot about how much we can get in, how much we can see of it and I felt the opening at least gave an insight into him and sort of into the immediacy of him as a character you know and I think by setting the stall out and it's also like unless you're going to really explore that we had ideas of how we might show that how might we have flashbacks for him but I'm like hang on hang on hang on we've got clairvoyance and he's got a nightmare if I start doing flashbacks like what am I going to do for the flashbacks this is a whole thing going on and and then it felt like it was going to be a scene of dialogue describing it more and and I was like I felt that Taha is so strong as an actor he's so his conviction in the performance and the psychology of his kind of like wrestle with Ezekiel and and needing to survive I felt that was just so potent and sort of evident that it didn't need it I mean he carries so much of that by the depth of what he brings to the screen you know so you know could I have spent more time on him without doubt I could have spent more time on all of them but you know you're trying to cherry pick the best bits to make it the best ride possible so that you know everyone can go on the journey enjoy the movie and the narrative for what this narrative is and then allow time for other things later on maybe
1: he did have such a good presence on screen and his voice lends itself to a good I, villain when i him. sat across <laughs> from him for the interview i was like please don't hurt me, please
3: don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but he's the loveliest man isn't he? he's so yes absolutely so nice that's mm-hmm. there's always the good guys that play the best villains
1: yeah. Uh, I, I do have a question because I've noticed uh, a lot of the, the Sony Marvel movies, they keep them pretty tight. They keep them close to 90 minutes, hour 45. This one comes in under two hours. I would just love to hear working within like the studio world uh, of Marvel uh, and Sony and all that. Was there ever like, a, oh, we want, you know, let's keep it this runtime or do you just kind of get freedom to tell the story as you want to?
3: I think it was more me wanting it to be, you know, I wanted to keep it sort of spelt and streamlined and, and you yeah. know, because I, I know I like going to the movies and, and wanting more, you know, and mm-hmm. and I and I felt, you know, you don't want to sort of um, outstay your welcome, I like to say, you know what I mean? You uh-huh. want to be able to sort of like go on the ride and kind of like leave them wanting more in a way, you know, so I, I like to keep it quite sort of, you know, streamlined, I think, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, there's always wrestling about you can add more and, you know, but I'd rather sort of do that concertina in within scenes and try and help that rather than the movie itself, you know. You don't want it to be too fat in places, you know.
0: Um, We're talking about scary things earlier one of the scariest things about the movie with well, the scary bits is that it's like effectively a 2003 like period piece and it's always scary to see things that you live through be retro is there <laughs> anything that our younger actresses like Isabella and Sydney and them did not understand that you had to explain to them because they listen wouldn't... every
3: day I felt like grandma whip. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just like seriously like I you know I thought I was the wunderkind at one point in my life and now I'm like grandma <laughs> whip. like you know every (laughs) i'm telling you now and i was like what do you mean it wasn't that long ago that we had these phones it wasn't that long ago i mean i remember i do remember celeste saying to me when when we're we're talking about what was going to be on the radio in the room where they wake up so spoiler and i was like i'm not sure yet and i played some i played some music and and she was like what am i saying the line what is this played the music that i played Got the line. Celeste was like, "I know how to read this line. Like, yeah, no problem." So I was like, "But they'd never, <laughs> they'd never heard Tiffany before," and I was like, "Wow!" And all, and all my crew, even the boys, were singing it. I'm telling you, no, I should have turned that, you know, the camera the other way on them. They were all singing along when that was playing because they're all my age. They're all like, "Yeah, we were at the disco to this disco." Hear me now, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: Okay, so like, all right, we'll get off that. We'll get off the. We we'll got the scary <laughs> bits. Um. This is kind of scary, actually. It (laughs) kind of is, because I noticed that. No, no,
3: no, the the gray hair is scary, because this wasn't here, like, you know, before I started this job. (laughs) That is what's scary.
1: (laughs) That's what they call earning your stripes. That's (laughs) That's right. right.
3: Thank (laughs) you very much. And they're all here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How did you capture Ezekiel, like, walking on the ceiling? Because, like, you notice in the background while they're talking, he just scampered away. It's very unnerving.
3: I know. Right. It's uh I love that. I think I was inspired by that scene. Is it Exorcist 3? You know, oh. where the doctor's there and the old lady's going along the ceiling It's God. just like, like one of the most eerie things ever. And again, do as much as you can practically. Right. Because then, you know, I mean, on the train station, I think that might have been a CG one. But like as much as I could, I would get Tahar slash Remy, the stunt double up. And, and he was actually upside down in the diner. That was all oh. rigged with wires. Because I think oh. it feels more real. There's a there's a kind of like a weight to a real human that's hard to sort of recreate. So yeah, I sort of always wanted that sort of creeping up on you and just there as a presence in the background, right? Because that's sometimes mm-hmm. more nerving when you know it's coming rather than just keep jump scaring all the time.
2: Uh, speaking of yes, it did. Uh this is part of our spoiler section, spoiler alert. Uh Peter Parker's born in this movie. He <laughs> and I feel like that's huge. And the timeline suggests that this would be Tom Holland's version since Andrew and Toby are too old but Tom's version of Peter his canon birthday is 2001 should we consider this an alternate version or, or am I overthinking it are we overthinking this
3: well first of all I don't think we ever say the name I'm not sure okay. I'm just saying okay. if we're going oh, to like, like lay it out I don't think we say the name um, I would definitely say that Madame Web is in a universe of her own mm. hmm <laughs> Got it. There's God. a reason for the gray hair. There's a reason for the gray hair. Okay.
0: All right. So with with that, there's no post credit scene as its own movie, which kind of goes against the grain here. Did you ever have ideas for something you wanted to stick
3: at the end? We played around with some stuff, but you know, again, I kind of felt like we'd said everything. It was it was almost like, you know, again, because I don't want to go into spoiler turf, but the way the story ended and then we have an ending and then something right. I felt that I was kind of given the something in the end, if you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. when you watch it, you see, because it's like there's the scene where we sort of end and then there's another thing. And then there's this scene, which could have been it. But then because she has clairvoyance, I was able to see it in the movie because she saw that credit scene earlier. So we might as well just have it up front.
1: Right. Now I knew exactly. I know exactly. Same, what you're talking right. About. Do you see what I'm yeah. saying? When she yes. says, yep, yeah, the thing and the yeah. thing
3: and the that. Da- yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, we, we might be done. I did. Again, I didn't want to outstay my welcome
2: touching exactly on that, you've said you want to leave them wanting more. And this movie absolutely sets up a sequel, a sequel that I very much I'm ready. Let's let me have it. Or or is that something that you want to make? Do you want to make a potential follow up? Do you know what it would be? Do you have the vision?
3: I don't have clairvoyance, unfortunately. (laughs) So I can't answer that. I'd have to ask Cassandra where. But like I finished this on Friday. It was kind of like right to the wire. Um, we delivered it and and so I'm definitely ready for a vacation. But I think these characters will definitely sort of live on in me for a long time. It's been such a big part of my life, such a privilege. You know, I've just loved, you know, working with this amazing cast, this amazing character back in the Marvel, you know, world and through the through the comic books has been you know, truly, truly such a privilege and a joy. So, you know, I'm so grateful for that. And, you know, if they knock on my door, I'll let you know. Awesome.
1: Cool. S.J. Clarkson, it is absolutely our pleasure to have you on Phase Zero today. Aaron, Jamie, thank you so much for co-hosting this interview with me. Uh, thank thank you, you, Sony and Madam Webb. everybody. Uh, if thank you, have anything you, else so you want to talk much. about, Send us so your way. Thanks, S.J.
3: So amazing to meet you guys. Thank you so Bye. much. Bye. Bye.